0: This episode contains financial, verbal, and physical abuse. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to It Doesn't End Here. I had moved back in with my girlfriend and her husband following the uh, choking incident. I don't know what else to call it. The first physical abuse situation. There was no contact. You know, a few weeks later, I had realized I was incredibly late. My cycle was incredibly late. And so I was like, oh, there's no way. And then I took a test and I was pregnant. My first husband and I had decided when we moved that we wanted to maybe try to have a family. I went through some infertility issues that had to do with hormones, progesterone, and a whole bunch of different things. But we did end up expecting, and then it was followed by a miscarriage. I was kind of under the impression that whenever I decided to do that, it was going to be a more difficult process. I was happy and sad at the same time because this is something that I had wanted. I wanted a family. I wanted a husband. I wanted a, a family. And I was scared because, you know, I didn't know what that meant for me and, and him. I do remember getting advice from different people, including a, a doctor that was like, hey, you know, like if you're by yourself, like this may not be the best Choice for you or the best decision for you. To be honest with you, that made it worse. I mean, for these other options to be coming up because at the time I was 30, I'd only ever experienced a miscarriage. Like I wanted to be happy, but I didn't know how to be happy while including him. Um, I did contact uh, shortly after and say that we needed to speak. And I think he thought. That we were gonna get back together because that's kind of the direction that he took it. Like, yay, I'm so glad like to sit down with you and you know, I've stopped drinking and I'm still in the apartment. And if you want to come back, I'm you know, ready for you to come back. And when we sat down to discuss it, I think I took him off guard. And then I thought at first that he was upset at me because he started crying. He broke down. We were in a restaurant having lunch and he completely broke down. And then he explained to me that, you know, he really wanted this baby because he had experienced two unplanned pregnancies before with the on and off again, girlfriend and that in both situations, he had facilitated and paid for abortions because she didn't want to have the baby. He was very forthright and traumatized there was a lot i mean he he from a male's perspective it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things that he i guess had gone through with that because he did have such a visceral breakdown and i did feel sorry for him i i in my own mind i mean i shouldn't have assumed or Presumed that that's why he acted out the way that he did. But in a way, when he broke down, it seemed like, okay, maybe this is where the drinking really started, or this is kind of what catapulted that. At that point, he said, I definitely want to be involved. And I understand you not wanting to get back together. I'm obviously going to have to earn trust and build back a healthy foundation. And so he got into an AA group. And he did stop drinking there for a while. He was excited to be a father or so it seemed. I mean, that's what he communicated to me. Was he trying to get back with you during this time as well? Yes. So that was a constant conversation. It would be like, oh, I'm going to my ultrasound. Would you like a photo? Would you like to hear how much the baby has grown? You know." It would always be like a yes, of course, and can we go out to dinner, or when are you coming home, or I'm ready to get married. It was, that was definitely a uh, a huge factor mm-hmm. in our conversations, and I did, I mean, I did feel like for a family purpose that that was the best route, but I wasn't ready to make that kind of commitment, I was still very scared and upset. And I think I kind of blocked it off and I just had made a boundary there. Like it's not, it's not going to happen like this, you know? So how was your entire pregnancy? I had a really great pregnancy. Um, I was very active. I was excited. I was excited to be a mom more than anything. The other part, I kind of compartmentalized. I just focused on being healthy and um, having a good pregnancy. He threw a baby shower. He had his mother threw threw a baby shower for me at about six or seven months. He had been going to all these counseling sessions, I thought, and I thought that he'd also stopped drinking. And so we actually got back together right around that time. We started, yeah, we started dating um, and then we moved back in with each other about a month before the baby was born. And it was kind of like he was back to his old self where it was very intentional. You know, how are you doing? How's the baby doing? He, It seemed like he kind of had regained some of that personality from the beginning of when we started dating, but there was also the added bonus of it wasn't so much about like Presence and things of that. It was more about us talking, like what what do we what do we want in the future? How do we want to raise a child together? Uh, so we got back together, and he um, had thrown this baby shower. I did notice at the baby shower that his mother and father and his siblings they had a good relationship with me. And then out of the blue, it seemed like they had a bad relationship with me. And I had never told them what had happened for us or why we had split. I assumed that he was honest with them since he was going through all of this counseling and, and quitting drinking and stuff like that. And so I was kind of... Concerned there because I thought, okay, well, what did I do? You know, like, what did I do to make this an uncomfortable relationship where our relationship has been damaged? Of course, I found out later that he had been telling them things that were just not true. They had a completely different perspective of me. They thought that I had just left and, like, Came back, you know, like I didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. And then, oh no, I found out I was pregnant. So now I'm back so that their son would support me. We kind of got into a fight, a little bit of a fight, because I got an email from his mom. She'd never emailed me before, but I got an email from her and she was like, just tell us if you got pregnant on purpose. Like people don't get pregnant, uh, you know, when they're on birth control, people don't get pregnant, like if they're taking measures not to get pregnant. Just tell us. If you did, like, he's going to love you anyway, but we would like to know. And so, I mean, I didn't know how to respond to it, so I didn't respond to it. I could have said, ask him about his last relationship. I could have, like, blown up and said, okay, well, this is why I actually left. But I kind of just left it there and asked him, like, what is she talking about? And his response to that was, "Is she's she's old school. Like, she totally doesn't believe that if you're taking measures to not get pregnant, that you're not going to get pregnant. She planned each of our pregnancies out, like they had a plan, they had a timeline. And so he was like, she's just being ridiculous. It was even more annoying when I found out the emails that he had been sending her about me. He had been saying his mom about you? Yes. So what were those emails? They were like, you know, she just wants me for my money. She's coming crawling back. She says I drink too much, but she can never have fun. It was very disparaging things. And it was all about me being super shady and so he had never really been honest with what was going on he was painting a picture of me to his family that would make it easier if i left again that i could be blamed for it instead of you know in taking any responsibility for the actions that he was doing in the relationship so we had an incident at the hospital where i wanted my best girlfriend to be in the room with me. And then when the baby was coming and I was in the middle of labor, um, I found out that the baby was breached. And so I ended up having to deliver a, a breached baby, which was a lot more intensive. And there were some injuries that occurred to both me and the baby. And he wouldn't allow her to come in. And I didn't know that he wouldn't allow her to come in you usually put on paper like who is allowed to come into the del- you know into the delivery room with you and her name was on it and he crossed it off and i didn't know that until after the baby was there he basically made it like where it was just a me and him thing only and then when i expressed to him like i had really wanted her to be there and it would have been really helpful for me um, he was like, well, that's an intimate moment between, you know, a husband and a wife. And I was like, okay, well, we're not husband and wife. He, What the hell? He had never even proposed to you. That was, it was really big, but I kind of brushed it off as, okay, it was his first baby too. Like he just wanted it to be an intimate, small moment. We got home. And he immediately called his mom and his dad to come and stay with us for two weeks. We had not even talked about that. So when I got back to the house, if they were there for two weeks, it was a lot. I understood that they wanted to see grandbaby and, and stuff, but it was kind of strained between us. And I had shared the email that she had sent to me at eight months pregnant with him, and he had kind of blown it off. But I was a little miffed about that because it was, I wanted to be at home with my baby. And there was never any time where it was just me, him, and the baby. He asked me how long I planned on taking off from work. And I told him the normal amount of time. And he said, Well, why don't you just go ahead and stay home with the baby for a year? That way, you guys are together, you have that time, you get to enjoy it. I agreed to it. I thought, you know, this was a great opportunity for us to be closer, for me to be able to take care of baby, and for me to kind of show, okay, like I trust you a little bit more. That is, I think, the first mistake that I made. So I told my job, like, hey, I'm not going to come back. I think I'm going to take a full year off. I understand if you can't keep the position open. I was probably a month postpartum. I started having the little baby blues where, you know, you cry because the baby is getting older and growing out of clothes and things like that. And he started then to nitpick a little bit. It would be like, this is dumb. This is stupid. Like, why are you upset? So there was never really any understanding for anything like that. And so I would just shut up about it. And then I found out about the Tinder accounts So, he was still on a bunch of online dating accounts. And I don't mean like just it was old and there. I mean like he was still swiping and talking to people on Tinder with no indication of being in a relationship or even having a child. And so I had asked him about it and he just lied about it. He said that they were an old account, he didn't use them. You know, I was the one who was being a jerk for for searching. He would call me like the sneaky detective. Oh, you're being sneaky again, like we know that this is not good for us, like you, you know, it doesn't help us build trust trust or whatever. And I never went looking for this stuff. It wasn't something where I was getting on his phone or his laptop or anything like that. He took his laptop back and forth, forth to work. It would just be like he would leave his phone out and it would be like there like it would be on, like he would be messaging his mom or on a dating website and it would just be there and he would go do something and I would see it. And it was almost like he was trying to like test me. Is she going to look at it? Of course I would. Okay. Like I just had a baby, like we're supposed to be working on stuff and I can see that you're calling me the B word in an email to your mom, like a message to your mom. I finally was just kind of like, we can't do this. Like we need to go to counseling together or something because I don't understand what's going on here. I don't understand if you miss the fighting. I don't understand. And he kind of blew the mom stuff off. Like, well, I was really mad that you left. And I was like, well, I was really terrified because you choked me. Like, I don't know. I I, I don't know what I'm supposed to how how do you expect me to react to a statement like that? Well, I was really upset. Okay, yeah, I was too. I was really, really upset. <laughs> like I left in terror and fled and moved all my stuff out in 24 hours. Like I was upset. Nobody does that because they're super happy <laughs> with what's going on in a relationship. And so he did agree not to counseling, but he said he would start going to church with me. I think it was just like a patch, but I found out maybe a week or two after he said, "Okay, I'll start going to church with you," that after I would go to bed at night with, you know, I would put the baby down and I would sleep. We had I had like a full size bed in the nursery, and so I would put the baby down and I would sleep in the the full size bed because I breastfed, and so it was easier for me when she would wake up and stuff for me to go get her and and breastfeed. And that's something he never helped with. He never helped with like baths or feeding or anything like that. And it was starting to become an issue for me because at this point I would have to say like, I'm going to go take a shower. Baby is right here. Baby has been fed, dressed and changed. I'm leaving baby with you for a minute to take a shower And 10 minutes later, he would be coming in with baby crying. I don't know what to do. Like, you're going to have to get out of the shower. That was hard. So there was some underlying tension there. But then I found out, like, when I would go to sleep, he would drink and play his video games. That's when he was talking on Tinder. That's when he would message mom and, you know, talk about how bad of a spouse I was or whatever. Um, And he was not, he wasn't being honest. Like he never stopped drinking. He wasn't even really going to AA. I don't know where he was going, but in AA, you get like chips and stuff after so many days and he never had those. Looking back on it, I probably should have done some better investigating. (laughs) Um, and I, I didn't, I, you know, I, I, thought because he was appearing better that he was actually taking stock in what he said was was happening. It was disappointing to say the least to find out that he was drinking again or that he had never stopped drinking. We were supposed to take a vacation with his parents and his siblings to Mexico And I didn't want to go because baby was only, you know, three months old at the time. And there were some major things that were cropping up again, you know, that that were popping up with our relationship. And so I expressed I didn't want to go. It had already been paid for. Um, His mom kind of pressured me into being there like, hey, this will be good for you guys. And so I went. He basically drank the whole time, and so did mom and dad. uh, So did siblings and significant other of siblings. One other sibling had um, a child of their own, and I ended up basically taking care of the children. They left, so they they all went back, and we were supposed to kind of have because we didn't have like a baby moon or anything like that. We didn't take any like vacations or anything before. Birth. So we stayed a couple extra days. At this point, I realized that some of the things that I had been experiencing for the last month were definitely physical abuse. And it was just getting worse and worse. So, like when we would go over to siblings' houses and stuff before then, like if we were sitting at a table or we were out to eat or we were doing something and I said something that he didn't like. He would like pinch my thigh or he would like pinch my the back of my arm. He was cutting me off more and more when I was talking and uh, he would bump me with his shoulder if he didn't like something that I was saying or he would like elbow me in the rib cage. And mind you, like I would be holding our child or I would be with our child and he was physically trying to lead me in a specific conversation. I had said to him like during this vacation that it should stop. And he was like, oh yeah, I agree. And I was like, by the way, like, I know that you're still drinking and this is a problem for us. And he got really upset and left the hotel. Basically went on an all night binge fest, like a binge drinking fest. Our child got sick with a ear infection And so we're in a different country. He's not with me. Baby's running a temperature and I'm not really sure where to go or what to do. And so finally I talk to the hotel. They send me somewhere. I take baby to uh, urgent care there in Mexico. They give me antibiotics. I get back. Basically what happened was, is like he had gotten really drunk, tried to go into some other people's hotel room thinking that it was our room. He ended up passing out like in a hallway somewhere. They had to pick him up and take him down to like the drunk tank, you know, there for tourists or whatever. And so I get a phone call in my hotel room like early the next morning after having to take our child to the doctor and to get medicine and stuff in a different country with nobody there. And I had to like get her. She's st- her baby's still sick. You know, I have to get up and go pick him up. And, you know, that's how our vacation ended. It- Meanwhile, he's posting pictures of me like in $200 sunglasses that he bought or in a straw hat, like holding baby on the beach. Like the personification or the what he wanted everybody else to see was that look, my significant other had a baby and she's still hot and we're out on the beach and we're having a great time. And it wasn't like that at all. You know, we get back home at this point, I'm upset, but I I feel kind of trapped too because I don't have a job at, you know, I've just, you know, I've told them I'm not coming back. When I quit the job, you know, he had very much influenced me or said, Hey, like we need all the help that we can get if we want to make a good future for our family, you know, so you should really get WIC help or you should get all the single mom stuff that you need, even though he was financially stable, even though he had bought this brand new house, even though he could have added, you know, his, the baby to the insur- his insurance, he wouldn't do any of that. And so I'm in the middle of, okay, I'm not going back to work he's saying that we need all this extra help so that we can save money and have a really good future for ourselves and this baby. And I'm going through all the paperwork to get us on insurance and all sorts of things. And it's just like, no responsibility, no nothing. Like, you know, he's not actually doing anything to help, but he's saying like, these are all the things that I want to do. And when we got back from that vacation, things just took A horrible turn. I mean, he was out partying all the time afterwards, wasn't coming home. And when I would say, hey, like, this is getting out of hand again, this is getting out of control again, he would yell and scream. And so I got to where I wouldn't ask questions or I wouldn't say anything because it was, you're disgusting. You're no fun. Like you never want to have fun. You're an awful person. Like I should have never gotten back together with you. I should have never bought this house. I should have never moved you in. And then he started threatening. Like mom, my mom has a fantastic job. My dad has a fantastic job. Like don't think for a second that if you were to leave me, like, I would not end up with custody of this child. Don't think for a second that anybody would, you know, take your side or think that you you don't work. You're basically a kept woman. And I mean, he's still posting things like, we're great, we're wonderful, we're awesome. And at this point, we're not. I'm taking care of baby 24-7. He's going to work. And then when he comes home, he's immediately going out with friends or he's getting drunk and then just blowing up for random reasons. And I got I, I know this is gonna sound crazy because I got to the point to where I felt like I was worthless. Like I was getting up in the morning making breakfast for him, making lunches for him to take to work. I was ironing his clothes, I was on All these subsidies that I had never been a part of, that I had never been on, and that, to be quite honest with you, we didn't really need to be on. And I was also worried, like, okay, well, if somebody asked me, well, do you live with, you know, baby daddy or whatever, like, I would be in trouble. Like, I didn't know what the legality of any of that was. I just knew that he wasn't happy unless I was doing the things that he asked to do. And when he was happy, he was sweet and he was nice and he was kind. And when he wasn't happy, he was a completely different person. I finally was like, okay, I, I can't do this. Like I have to get a job. I need to have an income to just show that like, hey, I I was independent. I can be independent. Like I don't need this i don't need you know you to supply everything so i started nannying another child with my child and then he liked that so much that he said okay like what if you got another family and then you could have like you know four kids five kids and it could be like an in-home daycare kind of situation okay well i would make money mostly cash right cuz they're paying for babysitting services or whatever. And I would take out whatever I needed to be take out for copacetic for taxes or whatever. And then basically he got to the point to where he was asking me at the end of the week, like, how much money did you make? Okay, well, we need X amount for this, or we need X amount for that. And so the money that I was making was now going from the hands of my families to him to pay like a bill or pay like, you know, for groceries or whatever. And so I was like, man, are we fine? Are we struggling financially, you know? And he'd be like, well, we do, we do have a baby now and it's a little bit different because we're paying for this house. And I'm thinking, okay, like you've always been great with finances. Like what's going on? Well, later it came out that he was spending a lot of money partying. Like when he would go out with his friends and stuff, these were like 200, 300, $400 nights of alcohol and stuff. And so, yes, like we needed my $300 or $400 a week to pay for like water or to pay for like groceries and stuff. We got to the point to where it would be like, okay, I'm going to go get diapers, or I'm going to go get wipes, or I'm going to go get food. And it would be like, okay, well, how much did you spend on diapers? How much did you spend on wipes? How much did you spend on food? In six short months of having baby. We're talking eight short months of moving in. I'm now giving him receipts after going out to buy necessities to show like, yes, I saved money here or I was able to get groceries. You know, it was like, it was almost humiliating because I understand budgeting. Like I have you know, multiple children now and I'm married, but this wasn't like that. It was almost like a, it's a control thing. It was, yeah, it was like a, like a power play or something. Like he was making you work for your money. And then on top of that, prove to him what you were spending it on. Yes. And so that got out of hand because then at that point, like all the extra money that I was bringing in, I wasn't seeing any of it. And now he's paying off some of my debts and acting like he's doing it altruistically, you know, like, Oh, like I really want to take care of her. So I'm going to pay this one credit card down, or I'm going to help her with her car payment this month. Right. And it was like, you're not paying my car payment. I pay my car payment out of my savings account. Yes, you did pay for this debt, but it's also because you used that credit card no, like you're not actually paying my debts, you're paying yours, and you're lying about how much money I came into this situation with. It sounds crazy, but it had been taken away so slowly and with such good intentions at first, I was almost blindsided, and then I felt like I couldn't get out. There was not a... There wasn't an opening, there wasn't a window, there wasn't anything. And we also had this child together. So it was almost like a guilt factor too. Like I would be taking the baby away from... From him and the relationship that they could have. Yeah. Yes. And so it there was there was a lot of that going on. Was there any aggression towards the baby at this time? Like from him? Not towards just the baby. Like I would be holding the baby... And he would be, you know, drinking or inebriated or he would be in a bad mood. It didn't always have to be inebriation at this point. I mean, he was doing these things sober now too. Um, And so he would come over and like if I – he thought I made a face at him or something, he would be like, oh my goodness, you're no fun. You're no fun and you're disgusting and you're gross and you're, you know, the B word and you're the C word and why do you have to be, you know – this way and who damaged you so much that you always have this horrible scowl on your face. He would be yelling and the baby would be sleeping or breastfeeding or in my arms. And so it wasn't directed at child per se, but it was in our direction. At this point, I was locking the nursery door at night because I was afraid he would come in drunk and try to move the baby or put a blanket on the baby or, you know, drop the baby. And there was also a couple of incidences where his friend was over and they were drinking and he was, give me, you know, give me the baby. And it was like, no, you're drinking, like baby's sleeping. I'm going to go upstairs. And he legitimately kicked me in the back, like kicked, kicked me in the back in front of his friend. And his friend had brought a girl over and he had slapped her on the bottom as well, like being flirtatious. And he laughed about it, like laughed about the kicking. And I was like, no, that actually kind of hurt. His friend saw it and like didn't bat an eye. There wasn't like any questions or anything like that. The girl that came over was annoyed with him because he was being flirtatious with her. And she did say some things like, your baby is here or your girlfriend is here. Like, that's not acceptable. That was, you know, appreciated. It was getting to the point to where he wasn't punching me in the face or anything like that. But he was, like, kicking my shin. He was, like, pushing me. He was shoving past me or, like, you know, elbowing me in the the rib cage or the gut. Or he would like grab my wrist and like grab a shoulder and like shake. And I would bring up like, you know, this is, this is abusive. And he would be like, I'm not choking you. I'm not hitting you. Or he would say, no, it's not like you. How do you expect me to act when you are so difficult to get along with? Or how do you expect, what do you think? Like you're snooping through my emails again, or you're, Asking me about Tinder again, like I'm in this relationship with you, like, why would you ask me these questions? So there was a lot of deflection there as well. We would go through these cycles of fighting where it was like three days of him being awful and then three days of him being, let's go, let's go do something, let's go out to eat, let's go, you know, and so that was difficult. And then at this point, we had found a church and, um, we were going, but he knew the, uh, associate pastor. I don't know how they used to party together or something. And then the associate pastor had a like life changing, like, you know, situation where a friend I think may have passed away from like a drug overdose or something. And he like completely gave his life to God. And so they kind of knew each other from like the good old days of partying together And so now we're going to this church and we would go and he would seem like he was emotionally moved or whatever. Um, But then we would come home and it would be the same thing over again. But now with like the added stress of like, if you don't behave today, like I'm not going to go with you on Sunday to church. It was almost like like a bargaining chip at that point. Baby is like... Eight months now, I'm watching two kids plus another baby that is around our child's age. And I had the bright idea that I wanted to go back to school. I had talked to my girlfriend. She agreed to watch our child, you know, while he was at work and I was going to school for two days a week, which is what it would have taken for me to go back and um, study something new. I had said, you know, I want to get out of the house a little bit. I've been stuck in the house five days a week other than us going out to eat and stuff for, you know, seven, eight months. And he, I had the other kids in the house, so I was watching them and he had come home for lunch or something like that. I brought up school and he had an explosive reaction to school. Um, He said, why would you do that? You have it made. Um, That's the dumbest, you know, SHIT I've ever, uh, I've ever heard of. You have a degree, like you're not, not working because you can't not work. You're not working because this is what we've decided to do together. And I said, I understand that, but I would like to take some time and do something that I enjoy, something that I can get excited about, something that brings me, um, some creativity. What were you thinking about going back for? I wanted to go back for like a art painting or drawing or something like that. It wasn't for like academic purposes. It was doing some art classes and things like that, that I could just learn how to, to draw better, to, to paint better, things like that. He decided to just throw this massive fit in front of these kids. And when I say massive, I mean, I said, no, I think I am going to go back to school. And I'd never really told him no like that before. Like I always backed off. If we were having a fight, I would always remove myself from it. And I would tell myself it's because he hasn't drank today. So maybe he's having withdrawals or he's been drinking too much today. And I always threw it back on this like addiction with alcohol. And so I never really put a foot down, you know, And I said, No, I think I'm going to go back to school. This is something that we can do. And he said, You're not going back to school. That B talking about my friend is not watching our child. This is stupid. How are you going to make money if you're in school two days a week? You know, how are you going to watch the kids? But he was yelling, he was screaming, and he was throwing things. Like he was, he picked up, uh, we had a big, vase on our dining room table. He picked it up. He threw it across the room and it smashed into a million pieces. He punched the wall two times and there were two holes in the wall. He broke a mirror and I'm just backing up, backing up. Mind you, there's four children 20 feet away. And I said, okay, well, this is unacceptable. You're breaking things. you know." And at this point, I'm screaming back like, stop, 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 stop. The little boy that I was watching is sobbing, and I am like, "This is this this is so wrong on so many levels." I don't, and the, it was the little boy crying that made him stop. It wasn't me saying stop, stop, stop. It was the little boy. He went upstairs to shower and get ready for work and stuff. I cleaned everything up. I comforted obviously the kids, and I called their parents to come pick them up. And I was just honest with them. And I remember the dad just being like, that's not a normal argument. That's not a normal fight, throwing things across the room and like the kids crying in the background and you asking him to stop and him not stopping is not a normal thing. Thank you for being honest with us. But obviously, like they can't come back to the house now to be watched. And so I lost my only income. And furthermore, I was mad at myself for being in this situation. Like I put myself in danger. I put my child in danger. And then I had two other kids that were in danger. It it just hit me in a way that was profound and almost like a rock bottom where like, okay, what else am I going to like? What other dignity am I going to give up? What other self-respect am I going to give up? And I came in the house and he asked me, uh, where did the kids go? And I said, well, obviously they went home. You, you, scared, you scared them. And it was not, I mean, they're going to tell their parents and I'm not going to be called a liar or I'm not going to get a phone call from their mom later saying that she's pressing charges because I didn't keep their kids safe. And he, he punched me, like he punched me in the face. He hit me right across the cheek and said, I should leave you for this. And then he went to work, just left the house, went to work. I was shaking, and I didn't know what to do. And I would have normally called my girlfriend, but I didn't. I There was something different, and I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And I called the police. Thank you so much to Jennifer for sharing part one and two of her story with all of us. We'll see you back here next episode for part three. Six months of broken hearted, six months of working on my side. six months of broken hearted, six months of working on myself. Holding on ties to falling down, but I know I can make myself up because I'm struggling now.